0: all right guys welcome back to the podcast today we're going to take on a subject that it's pretty massive um, headaches headaches are something that can be some of the most serious conditions and some of the most innocent conditions a person can have a headache because they're having something dramatic happen in their health that is uh, life-threatening and they can have headaches that are so uh, innocent but pretty annoying Um, we take migraines for example a lot of our uh I know a lot of our, watch, our viewers are migraine sufferers. Um, it's what brought me into chiropractic. I didn't come to the chiropractor uh, when I was about 18 uh, for back pain or sports injury. I came because I had been everywhere for migraines and there weren't any decent results. I was told by a neurologist that I was making it up, that I was, um, you know, had some kind of strange curse that uh, was genetic. And um, he was wrong on all that stuff, and it was pretty disappointing to be on a bunch of drugs that barely helped. I did incredible things like freeze my head in snowbanks um, and went to every imaginable length listening to music and and doing a lot of stuff, and didn't really get anywhere. And after years of suffering, my wonderful aunt Rosalie uh, took me to her chiropractor. Uh, I was 18, and she insisted, "Hey, you have to go see this guy," and I got such great resolution from my migraines, it became a chiropractor. And the story goes on from there, and I could tell it another time, but the the bottom line is I found incredible relief through chiropractic. But migraines aren't the only type of headaches there are, and there's 10 different types of headaches, and they could, for sake of conversation, they're much easier to put into three categories. Migraines, like I mentioned, cluster headaches, which are a little less common, and then of course the most common type, tension headaches each are caused by different things and some things in common. Stress can cause any of these things, right? Cause stress brings on chemical and physical changes in our body that uh, can lead to tension patterns, changes in hormones, changes in adrenaline that all lead to that. But um, the migraine is the most common. And if you look at the, the different things that happen, I mean, uh, headaches in general are more common in women than in men. Um, younger girls get them uh, and that can be hormone related, stress related. And men get them as well, but it's just, it's it's way more common, almost twice as common to have them in women than in men. And if you look at, you know, there's conditions that are related. People that carry a lot of fear and tension and anxiety disorders, post-traumatic stress disorder, have way more headaches. So we know there's a strong emotional component. And like anything that I review, I look for the emotional, the chemical, and the structural or the physical reason for uh, whatever dysfunction someone's dealing with. The most common neurological disability in the world is a migraine headache. You know, it's a neurological disability because it truly involves neurological components. Most people who get migraines will tell you that they suffer some kind of aura. They'll have either nausea or um, some kind of visual complaint. They'll see spots, they'll lose quadrants of their vision, and it's the first time somebody has that. Of course, is terrifying because a lot of the symptoms of migraines mimic strokes and brain tumors and bleeds, hemorrhages, um, blood clots, a lot of horrifying things. So we put together 10 questions that uh, I think are most common questions and we're gonna answer those in in a minute. Uh, But I just wanna say, if you really like these podcasts, make sure you subscribe to the channel and you hit the like button on this because I'd love to see who's out there. Uh, Please comment, Uh, we can start conversations regarding um, natural healthcare because uh, if anything, the world needs to get healthier right now, you know, as soon as possible. And the things that you do to get rid of migraines are, are similar to the things you do to get rid of back pain and get rid of digestive disorders. Healthy is kind of healthy. There's specifics, obviously, but in general, right, everyone, you know, raising to the challenge right now of being as healthy as possible has is, is gotta be a, a number one goal. Um, when I looked at classifying these different types of headaches, I thought, let, let, let's talk about the cluster headache. Because a cluster headache is, is a little less common. The strangest thing I found about it is that they're common in January and June. And there's really no, no matter how I looked, there really wasn't much rhyme or reason to that. Anything that's seasonal could certainly be related to pollen, mold, seasonal foods that are more commonly eaten. Certainly humidity, temperature, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, January and June really don't have a lot in common. So it's pretty wild. Um, they co- They can come on at night and in the morning, cluster headaches. And they, they're termed the suicide headache because they're at, at least as severe as a severe migraine, but they tend to linger for weeks and sometimes months. And people just are at wit's end. Um, and, and neurologists have come up with a lot of great answers. There's a lot of really good medications for this. I'm not one that necessarily promotes medication, I promote natural healthcare, but I know that there's a time. I personally know that and I professionally know that. And there's a time to get people out of these things. The triptans are one of those medications. Um, There's a lot of uh, things going on related to muscle contraction in in a lot of headaches. And so it's something that you want to take seriously. And people will often get into, you know, when is a headache serious? And a headache is serious every single, the first time you get one, it's serious because you don't know what the cause is. So you want to get to a doctor as soon as possible, professional of some type, have it diagnosed properly. That's just, that's just crucial. And then anytime you have a headache that's different than another headache that you're used to have, something's different in the character, the duration, the intensity, and there's neurological components. Um, that's when you wanna be concerned. That's when you wanna take a look at it. Uh, you know, certainly fevers related to that. Uh, a lot of people know that meningitis, You know, it's an infection of the spinal cord and the meninges, the coverings over the cord. Putting the head forward making the, head, the headache worse is, is a great indication that you're having meningitis. Very serious get to the emergency room as soon as possible. Um, and, you know, associated fever, a fever that comes along with that, of course. And those headaches are so severe and they, they tend to give people a decent warning because especially if someone's not a headache sufferer and they have that. The migraine suffers, it's a little tougher because you have to differentiate one headache from another. You know, um, the headache they usually have is similar to that. A lot of people that have had, you know, headaches from um, mild head trauma, they really mimic the migraines they may have already had. And uh, that needs that, that gets a little, little trickier. So anytime someone comes into my office, I take a headache very seriously. We ask a lot of great questions and try to differentiate the familiarity this person has with this kind of headache and take a good look at that. So let's talk about one new finding before we get started on the 10 questions. This finding is something referred to as calcitonin gene-related peptide. For anybody that wants to look that up, anybody's really uh, kind of like into it, calcitonin gene-related peptide is something that's been released at the base of the skull and causes an electrical reaction, sort of a static electrical charge at the base of the skull where the brain stem and the skull meet, and when I read that I was fascinated because as a chiropractor that's one of the main tools I use to sedate that kind of headaches, migraines, tension, even cluster headaches, is to make sure the upper neck is working proper and to find that this is uh, a, a Chemical that basically creates electrical issues in that area. It was fascinating to me because if I can disturb or alter the circulation, either in the cerebrospinal fluid, the fluid that goes around the brain and spinal cord, or the muscular tension or the position of the vertebra to change the mechanics of the upper neck vertebra. I may be be able to get into the physiology of this thing and sort of like take some of the dominoes out as they fall. If you remove one of the dominoes, you stop the reaction in a sense. And the neck may be the domino, maybe the primary concern. Um, Think of car accidents where someone has the head and or the neck um, sprain and strain, and they end up with concussion maybe, but sometimes it's not even a concussion, it's actually a neck doing the whole thing. And it's a headache, but it comes from the neck, what we call a cervicogenic headache. Um, the other area we also look is the jaw. We want to make sure that the, the mechanics of the jar are proper because jaw tension being so closely related to, uh, to the neck and the ears, you can get all kinds of reactions in this area that uh, can refer pain to other parts of the skull. And you end up with wh- what you might think is a headache. And it is a headache because your head aches, but is it coming from a referral or from a more from the actual structure really close by? So uh, let's start with some of the questions. The first one I answered uh, to some degree, and it gets more into, you know, when is a headache serious? I think I kind of covered that. And a headache is serious when we'll repeat it because it's such an important, important question. Um, when something is any, anytime you haven't had one and you have one, if you're not a headache sufferer and you have a headache, it's to be taken seriously you can't explain it or even if you think you can explain it, I suggest people go and seek professional help for that because um, some, some, some headaches start very subtly and then become worse. All headaches are concerning. Every doctor I know uh, when they're dealing with any headache patient, um, they, you know, they're, they're concerned. It's not as simple as uh, other conditions that have less likely to have complicated things. So always take them seriously and especially if they're not uh, a headache that uh, you're familiar with, that you've had before. And if you have headaches, is it different? Is the character, the duration, the frequency, the intensity, uh, are, are they different? And if it's, uh, if it's different, it could be a brand new type of problem. It's not your your usual headache. And that's something uh, to make sure you know. Uh, let's see, another great question. What does a brain tumor headache feel like? Well, the, the interesting thing about those is they can be very subtle. Because you think about what a brain tumor is, they tend to start small and then they grow over time sometimes they grow very rapidly but we see things growing within days to weeks to months and that since it's a small growing space occupying mass as we call them the skull doesn't expand very well so it starts to squeeze into nerve tissue when it does that it can cause neurological symptoms and it can cause headaches and since we're talking about the headaches it tends to slowly get worse over days and weeks and it tends not to go away too much. It can fluctuate. I found that they fluctuate, you know, they're worse at night and in the morning. Um, cluster headaches can do that too. So that isn't a, a very specific thing. But always know that the, picture something growing very slowly, like an inflating balloon, putting more and more pressure so the pain elevates slowly over time. And they can be pretty dull. I have had patients that have been diagnosed with brain tumors. They never had a headache. Um, all of a sudden, they had numbness in a hand, right? No headache. It just didn't cause the structures that sense pain in the skull to fire pain-sensing neurology. It just depends where the thing grows. So they can be sneaky, too. But in this case, when you're talking about a headache for uh, that's related to brain tumors, you're looking at something growing slowly. Um, the severe headaches certainly can be, but when you're thinking severe headaches, you're thinking more you know, the brain bleeds more than the tumors. And of course, you know, migraine headaches and cluster headaches, which are more severe, where the tension headaches tend to be less severe. So uh, that, that's really the best way of, of looking at that, you know. Um, another question, can migraines be a sign of something serious? Yes, of course. You know, a migraine headache can mimic other conditions. And once again, you know, you don't get, uh, if, if, you, if you're not able to get to a physician very rapidly with these kind of things, first question you ask yourself, is this different than the headaches I normally get? If I get migraines and I'm getting another migraine, is it different? And if it is, that's when something serious is potentially going on. A migraine can be caused from a head trauma, of course, and it can be caused from brain bleeds and tumors. Right? So you always wanna make sure that you're getting in there and having somebody look at it, but you know, get the general sense and the general character of the headache. How is it different? What's the severity level? That kind of thing. Um, let's see, migraines versus standard headaches. Migraines tend to be more severe, and pick one side of the head. Where a lot of headaches feel like bands, patients will come in and tell me they got like a tension band around their skull, or it's in the back of the head, or it's in their face. A lot of sinus headaches, right? They tend to be right in the uh, cheekbones or the forehead. And they they can be a little more even. Where the migraine is is that one-sided thing. Also, neurological symptoms, like we said earlier, the number one cause of neurological disability. And what's a neurological symptom? numbness tingling in the face around the side. It can be the nausea, blurred vision, what we call an aura. So sensitivity to neural input, vision. like bright lights are bothering you. Um, sound bothers you. Um, various things that can come in and challenge your senses. You just you just can't take it, right? It's just really disturbing. Um, I know when I get migraines, I tend to want to be in a quiet, darker place. I might like some music, I might not, but I definitely don't want um, sharp, disturbing um, sounds and bright lights because your senses are all heightened when you have a migraine. And of course, the nausea. A lot of people will vomit with a migraine. And uh, that is something that people tend not to do with tension headaches. And when someone tells me they have a severe migraine and they're carrying on a normal conversation and they're in normal lighting, I tend to say, you know, you may be just having a tension headache, you know, a severe tension headache. It's pretty bad, but it does not come close to what severe migraine pain is like. And not to make matters more confusing, but there are migraines that don't cause any pain. And that's what, since we're talking mainly about headaches here, we won't get into the details on that. But just for anybody that's listening that knows that, realize that our I realize that that you can have uh, abdominal migraines, ocular migraines. We just have visual complaints, but no pain. But the type of migraine that's most interesting for today's topic is really one that's in the headache category. So I, I really believe that you can differentiate a migraine from a tension headache by simply looking at the side of the, uh, the if it picks a side or not, and if it has anything to do with, you know, severe something severe. You have the migraine versus the tension headache. So how long do headaches last? Well, tension headaches, they're usually in the four hour to six hour category uh, because people tend to feel this discomfort and maybe change their behavior and the tension comes down and then the headache goes away. So that works out pretty good. Where migraines can go days and weeks, even months, and people have to break the cycle using something. So a lot of times it's a chiropractic adjustment. Other times it's ice, medication of the triptans, like we said earlier and uh, just plain pain medication uh, magnesium you know, high, sort of higher doses of a mineral to uh, sedate the musculature because there, even with migraines there's a tension component in there um, so tension headaches and migraine headaches differ in how long they last the more severe uh, head, migraines you know the more severe type of headache unfortunately lasts longer as well and uh, the causes of them are so so many things Remember, we'll get into that a little bit later as well um what should i eat for a headache this is interesting uh, because there's a lot of foods that cause migraines a lot of people realize that you know alcohol the sulfates and preserved is found in red wine can do that Uh, certainly any food you're allergic to any food that's inflammatory uh, a lot of the classic foods dairy products and grains um, msg and a lot of preserved as natural flavorings that they they, msg also goes by the name natural flavorings people should know that Um, so anything that causes a vasoconstriction or vasodilation or leads to this calcitonin gene related peptide being excreted um is something that uh we really should take a take a look at as 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 causing them but the foods orange yellow and green vegetables brown rice cherries cranberries and bananas uh and of course you know caffeinated things like coffee because coffee has a little bit of a reaction to uh, blood vessel constriction and dilation which is thought to be re- in the category of uh, causing migraines and even tension headaches to some degree so well, you know once again it, it looks if you look at what i just said it goes back to eating the rainbow right eating the foods of a different pigment um, leading to just higher health and in a general sense everyone will will realize that uh, every every different color food has different values to it so when you mix it up you get a you know, get a wider range of uh, of nutrients and and, uh, chemicals that are healthy for you and in migraines it's uh, actually the same case which i thought you know was was you know really interesting to me we talk oftentimes about things that cause headaches but not a lot of the foods all right so the next question really is what should i drink for a headache now that one uh is interesting because you know i as as you know from other podcasts we've had uh, you know a lot of talk about water intake and they realize that dehydration is a really interesting cause um, for many ailments, including migraines and tension headaches, and even cluster headaches. And the, one of the reasons most people walk around dehydrated is because they're eating processed food, which is dehydrated as it's processed. Um, it's made to be lighter so it can be shipped uh, for cheaper. And a lot of times the person's eating so much of that, they don't realize that they've just you know, taken the water out of their their day. Uh, anything that dehydrates you, alcohol can can cause that as well. But um, one of the things that people should drink is about two liters of water. I often preach three liters of water. It depends on your body size and how healthy your diet is. Um, but somewhere between two to three liters of water has been shown in studies to decrease the frequency and intensity of headaches and uh that that's you know that that's so important for some people they can't get rid of their migraines but bringing down the intensity and the frequency of them simply by being hydrated is uh, is, is crucial and of course we mentioned caffeine earlier uh that it, it changes blood vessel diameters and can lead to um, some of the changes that you know bring down the tension patterns you know stillness right we, we go over the concept of stagnation being disease. And flow being health. Well, anytime water is in your body, you're creating flow of so many systems. And when you put caffeine in there, you're putting a stimulus to the blood vessels and possibly um, some of the constriction of different muscles in the body to to change up the pattern, the stagnant pattern of tension in the body. So I think it's pretty important that we get into uh, making sure that we're eating the right foods and uh, drinking enough water and fluids to do it. Another great question uh, is: Milk uh, good for headaches? Which I thought pretty interesting because you know I tend to talk pretty pretty low about milk. Um, you know I I believe that milk is meant to turn a calf into a cow, and most people are trying to lose weight, they don't want to be cows. And it's a good idea for people to make sure they're spending some time really investigating the value of dairy products in their life. I've been off the dairy for a long time now. And I mean, it sneaks in once in a while, right, to be honest with you, but I I really, really ingest very little dairy product. And I found that it it made my entire uh, respiratory system uh, flow easier, less thickened mucus, less likely to cough things and get things stuck in my throat, better sinus health. Uh, Everyone talks about their sinusitis and their sinus problems. And uh, if it's year round, it's probably not uh, just some of the weather we have in this area it's more related to the food because what are you eating year-round the same food maybe right so um if it's really seasonal then you know it, then it's more seasonal but uh there's uh, there was some conflicting information when i when i researched this question because i had my answer but i wanted to make sure i covered it properly and, and looked at you know i always look at both sides and uh they, they said well there's minerals and it's hydrating so uh, milk can be good but i uh, gotta tell you i disagree with that as being a strategy I, I think milk's a bad idea it's a common allergen allergens cause inflammation one of the key causes of headaches are inflammation so why would we do something like that i, I saw uh, from another study i was saying like roughly 75 percent of the world is lactose intolerant so i'm gonna say uh no to the dairy product as uh, as a way of uh, solving a headache you can get minerals from fruits and vegetables like we said earlier that once i mentioned and of course through supplementation i'm a big fan of magnesium supplementation as most of you know um, let's see what is a sinus headache well that's a good one because we just mentioned it and that is a, a bit of a problem in this area sinus headaches are first off what is a sinus right for anyone that doesn't get into their anatomy too much you basically a sinus is a kind of an air cavity in the skull you can have sinuses in other parts of the body but and some of the skull sinuses are filled with a blood vessel or not but the main sinuses we're talking about are you know in the forehead and in the cheekbones these two areas have air chambers and the, uh, the, the reason for sinuses has to do with in, in warming air as it comes in and to give, they feel to give the skull a little bit of room for expansion due to temperature. Maybe when you have fever or you're in really hot uh, in a desert or out in the Arctic circle and you're really, your, your head actually could change. Even if, when we go to the Rocky Mountains, uh, the, the pressure of the air changes dramatically as the air becomes, you know, in a sense, you know, um, lighter as we get to the, the top of these mountains. So that gives a little room in there. The the tension headaches that, you know are the, when the air spaces change size or they get swollen. Now you can get a tension headache as you're fighting something, or right? you can fighting a cold or sinus infection. Infection takes up space and it's irritating, and the mucus thickens to try to trap the bacteria, or the viruses that are in there, and as that thickens, um, the they, pressure leads to pain, and people oftentimes will feel it as pressure bordering on pain. Sinus headaches can radiate into the eyes, they can go into the teeth. I can remember one time I went camping and it rained out, and my four of my top molars ached. And I thought, wow, if it wasn't for the symmetry of this, I'd really believe I had a tooth problem. But since it was raining, we we're sleeping on the ground. I realized, boy, because I don't get a lot of sinus headaches, but this was a true into my top teeth in the back sinus headache. It was it was pretty painful, pretty amazing. And uh so, but other, other sinus headaches can radiate towards the ears, but they tend to be in the front of the face on the forehead in that area. So they're, they're kind of, uh, uh, they're, 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 they're not that hard to diagnose. Uh, you know, if, if your nose is running and you have p- pain in your face, obviously your body's trying to get rid of something, bacteria, virus, pollen, mold, even dairy products, right? We mentioned how it thickens mucus. So there's a lot of different, uh, issues with, our diet, once again, right? I'm a big fan of getting your diet right. Understand, you know, the foods that in- inflame you, the foods that empower you. And blood type matters on that. And uh, where, where you came from genetically, how long did you spend, uh, genet- how long did your genetics spend on what part of the planet, what was available um, naturally in, in that area is probably what you ingest the best. And one of the books I recommend is um, The Genotype Diet. Uh, I think it's Diamato, I think it's, uh, it's his name. He's a great author. He wrote Eat Right for Your Type, which is about a blood type diet. And his second book is is, um, The Genotype Diet, where he says, you know, the blood type matters to some degree. But he looked at the shape of your body, um, the length of your legs versus your trunk, if your earlobes are attached, how far apart your eyes are, all this crazy stuff. Put it all together and came up with, I believe, six different diets based on if your body looked that way, it probably came from a certain environment. It adapted to a certain environment and uh, what foods were there. The anthropologists, once again, can answer what foods were eaten in what parts of the, the world as tectonic plates moved and uh, that kind of interesting stuff way back. And uh, you may still have, even though you're, we're all a mix of a bunch of stuff, um, most of us are, um, we, may, we still may have the ability to digest certain things really well and other the things that are really foreign to us, things we just not meant to ingest because we do not have uh, the evolutionary intestinal or salivary, or pancreatic enzymes to break that food down. So I think that's a great book, and uh, we'll put in the links for you so you can um, look that look that book up. It's, it's one of my favorites. Um, okay, another question. Let's see. Can my neck cause headaches? Well, you're asking the right person on that one, right? I mean, as a chiropractor, we get into a lot of mechanics of the neck. Position and we fuss over things, right? We fuss over the proper curve and motion and and all the things about the vertebra and what they can possibly lead to as they cause pressure. And uh, some of the stats I looked at said 80% of headaches, and that included all headaches. uh, 80% of them had a relationship to the neck, either they were primary from the neck or they had some form of relationship to um, positioning and movement of the neck. And I mentioned earlier, you know, in an automobile accident or a lot of traumas, there's a head injury and they always told us if you have a head injury assume a neck injury that's why you see people on board strapped down after car accidents because until you get a good uh, cat scan ct you know, x-ray of the neck you don't know what kind of damage was done to those vertebrae in a car accident um uh, and you know and there's almost always a head trauma in a car accident because of the you know, things were bouncing off inside a car so um to answer that question yes the neck is crucial and I think a chiropractor is the best at this, figuring out, you know, once you've been cleared, if you're in a car accident, it could be x-ray, whatever you need. I get to the chiropractor and have him do this. Physical therapists are also really good at this because they're going to start building a lot of musculature around there and gross range of motion, where I'm going to come in there and do more specific range of motion enhancements through either the use of hand tools that do adjustments or my own hands doing the adjustments. And of course, massage therapy is also very valuable in this area because you're going to take muscle tension and bring it down. You're going to create symmetry. If you think about simply being right-handed causes tension that pulls into one side of the neck more, a right-handed person tends to have more development on their right side and that could set an imbalance off to begin with. And then with the amount of screen time people are on now, it's insane. Uh, We're in bad ergonomic chairs at our dining room tables with a mouse and... The body's holding certain postures that are really difficult to hold for extensive amounts of time. And we're getting all kinds of cases coming in right now with, you know, neck tension, numbness in hands, all that kind of stuff. So, and of course, headaches. Uh, but <clears throat> the headaches that come from the neck, they can be one sided, right? Because the distortions in the neck can, uh, if you rotate a vertebra to the right, for example, the right side is stretched, the left side might be compressed. A compression or a stretch can lead to pain so they sort of they oftentimes mimic or actually cause migraines my migraines were coming from multiple causes the primary part of my migraines was coming from neck misalignment and improper movement from the sports i played and jumping my bike over ramps like evil knievel when i was a kid and wiping out all the time Um, and they were also related to my food intolerances and uh, i discovered one of those things at a time to reduce my headaches to almost you know, very uncommon now. we're used to as a child get them two three times a week and some of them were devastating migraines other ones were just a little bit of a sinus headache or a tension headache i uh, to my knowledge I've never i would never say i had a cluster headache um but i had severe uh, severe migraines for quite a while so i hope that helps right that hope i hope that gets into and brushes the surface of 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 the topic here because migraines tangent headaches cluster headaches are three of you know many categories of headaches. Take your headache seriously. Seek professional help, um, and, and then seek professional help not just to diagnose it, but to treat it. And realize there's dietary answers, sometimes it's emotional stress, there's counseling, and there's also the structural answers, right? It, it, what is the position of your neck? How well does it move? And you want to look at different things that cause, uh, the different things that can help you. And that's actually, let's go over that. I I made a list of some of the most basic things that can help. And we mentioned water earlier. Um, But, you know, sleeping the right amount of time. You know, um, I get a lot of flack for telling people to go to bed at 9 p.m. and get up at 8, 8, uh, 9 p.m. and get up at 5 a.m. But it helps. It helps if you can do it. I know it's awkward. Stretching the upper neck. Chiropractic care. Magnesium supplementation. Vitamin B2, riboflavin. Acupuncture, of course, feverfew is a a herbal supplement that uh, many people see results in as well. Essential oils, lavender and peppermint. Melatonin, some people's sleep habits are so off. I know my sleep is related to any headache I can get at this point. Breathing deeply. How about that one? Uh, In many of these videos, we talk about breathing in breathing out twice as long, right? 10 times every hour. (sighs) Super oxygenate the lungs. Um, The use of heat or ice at the base of the neck. Um, When you heat or ice something, you either expand it or contract it, and expansion and contraction contraction creates flow and it changes tension. And what you really wanna do is break the stagnant cycle in, in, in most health conditions. And headaches are a perfect example of that. How do we break the cycle? How do we change the static physiology that's leading to the migraines, okay? All right, guys, so thanks for joining us. Uh, like I say, if you like these videos, like them, uh, hit the like button and subscribe to my channel and uh, we'll have lots of other stuff other topics please comment and you want to hear any topics you want me to go over please uh, mention that to me as well okay so have a great day and uh, let's get rid of all our headaches take care